This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. I am your host, Vincent Hill, coming to you once again from Atlanta, Georgia, right here on RadioInfluence.com. I want to thank you for joining me. It's been a very, very trying few weeks for my brothers and sisters in blue in law enforcement. I mean, you look across the country, you look at Dallas, you look at Baton Rouge, you look at Kansas City, officers are just being killed for no reason. You look at Texas on yesterday where someone was trying to break into an officer's shed. He was killed. I mean, this guy's at his house, minding his own business, trying to protect his family, and he was killed. Did the burglars know he was law enforcement? Maybe not, but the fact is, he was a brother in blue. He gave his life protecting his family, and it's tragic. But outside of that one, you know, I look at Baton Rouge, I look at Dallas, I look at Kansas City, I look at all these other places across this country where it's happened before where people are ambushing police officers because of their beliefs, and I tell you, it has to stop. And I want to read this letter that went out to the families in Baton Rouge, and I won't read the whole thing, I'll just read a a very quick portion of it. And then I'll tell you who it's from. And you will never expect that this person would be affected by the death, the killing of police officers. Not only police officers, but police officers in the city of Baton Rouge. And this will just go to show you that someone you know, someone that knows someone, is affected by this because their family members are tied to policing. So let me read just a part of this. And it says, My heart breaks for the families of the law enforcement officers who have lost their loved ones. I have been in, a, in similar shoes. I will change. It will change their lives and leave them all reeling with questions for years to come. It is a shame. So many officers who are out there in the front lines have tremendous heart for what they do. These acts of violence don't solve anything And if my voice can add to the movement to stop it, then I'd consider that a good thing. I struggle emotionally to understand why and how police officers are being targeted in the way they are. The reality of our world is that there is a lot of unrest in our communities, particularly where police shootings are happening. Of course, this takes me back to when my own black mother was ambushed and killed by a black man. And all of this comes at a terribly personal time for me. This week I will attend trial for a resentencing hearing for my mother's murderer, which happened 23 years ago. I hate to even think of what this entire ordeal will cost our community, but I know it is too much. 
And even though my mother lost her life all those years ago, the men who were tried by a jury of their peers have been kept alive by a prison system that has seen to their every need, something that was denied to my mother. I feel close to this subject. It has touched me very personally. I speak for no one other than myself, and I support law enforcement. He supports law enforcement. And if you haven't gathered, his mother was black, killed by black men. Let me tell you who this person was. It is Warwick Dunn. And for all my football fans, he's former Tampa Bay and Atlanta Falcon who played 12 years in the NFL. 23 years ago, his black mother, who was a Baton Rouge police officer, was shot and killed by a black man simply because she was doing her job. Now he is in the city of Baton Rouge showing his support to law enforcement. And that goes to what I said at the start of the show. Everybody, mostly everybody, knows someone that could be affected by these senseless killings because they know someone that is in law enforcement. They have a friend who has a relative in law enforcement. They have a cousin who has a distant cousin in law enforcement. Everybody has somebody in law enforcement. I have cousins I haven't spoken to in 20 years. But when I was in law enforcement, they knew someone that was in law enforcement. This ex-NFL player knew someone who was in law enforcement. His mother, she was killed in Baton Rouge. Where just last week, three police officers, one being black, was killed in Baton Rouge. And how did this whole thing start? How did Dallas start? How did Baton Rouge start? And Dallas, you know, the same shooter that was in Baton Rouge happened to be in Dallas the night of that shooting. I'm still not understanding that. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, he was probably involved in the Dallas thing. I'm just saying, you're in Dallas the night of the shooting because you're on this book tour and no one's ever heard of your book and you're in Baton Rouge, you're killing police officers. But I digress from that. So let's look at how this whole thing started. Police, they get a call. Dude with the gun, selling CDs. They show up. Dude has a gun. They struggle. The dude struggles with police. They fire because there's that imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury because you could hear on the video, gun, gun, gun. So, let me read a little bit of the report. The subject continued to ignore officers' commands by trying to push me off the top of him. While on top of the subject, I was able to reach for my radio. I continued to give loud verbal commands to the subject. The subject continued to resist. While wrestling with the subject on the ground, a black semi-automatic handgun fell from his waistband. Hmm. So, Alton Sterling fighting with police. Pistol, waistband. 
he ends up getting shot. Here's the problem with the report I was just reading. Well, it's not really a problem, but I will dissect it. That report is actually from May of 2009, and it involves Alton Sterling, and it's almost identical to his shooting just a few weeks ago. He's at a store selling CDs. Someone calls the police to say, hey, this guy's out here selling CDs, which in Louisiana is illegal. You can liken it to Eric Garner about selling loose cigarettes. You can do whatever you want to do. The fact is, it's illegal. So police come. Alton Sterling resists the officer. The officer's on top of him fighting for his life. The officer calls for backup. Backup finally gets there. But in the midst of that, a semi-automatic pistol drops out of Alton Sterling's waistband. Well, why do you think Alton Sterling was resisting and fighting? Probably because he wanted to get a hold of that gun to shoot that police officer, just like he was doing the night he was shot. Oh, and by the way, he was a convicted felon who shouldn't have had the weapon back in 2009, let alone 2016. He had marijuana on him and a few other things that were illegal. But this is the guy, correct me if I'm wrong, that Jesse Jackson showed up to his funeral. Al Sharpton showed up to his funeral. Thousands upon thousands of people showed up to his funeral. I'm sure his family got a lot of money that day. This is the guy that sent this country in an uproar. Alton Sterling, who had a history, a known history to police, to fight, to resist, to have handguns. So he ends up doing the same thing he did just seven years ago. He ends up getting shot, and now all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter. Well, what if he would have gotten shot in 2009 before the Black Lives Matter movement? Would it have been a big deal? Think about that. When there was no Black Lives Matter movement back in 2009, and say Alton Sterling did the exact same thing which he did and was shot then, would it have been a big deal? Would we have heard about it? Would there have been protest about it? I don't think there would have been. And, just like I believe the officers were justified just a few weeks ago, they would have been justified then. Because the same element that was there a few weeks ago when Alton was shot and killed was there back in 2009. A handgun. Resisting arrest. Fighting with the officer. The imminent threat of death are serious bodily injury to the officer. But this is the guy that has cost a lot of money, that has caused a lot of death. And why do I mention money? Well, think about it. Every major network ran the story. They're still running the story about Alton Sterling, a black man killed by white police. TV time is not cheap. I know this for a fact. I've been on it once or twice. It's not cheap. 
Cities shut down because people blocking the streets protesting. People not able to get to work because they were Black Lives Matter movement were blocking the streets protesting. That costs money. When people can't work, they don't get paid. They don't pay their bills. And it's not like the Black Lives Matter movement are only hurting white people. I saw plenty of black people in these protests that couldn't get to work, that were mad as heck because they couldn't get to work, because they had nothing to do with Alton Sterling. And, like most people, instead of jumping to conclusions on a 20-second video, most people would say, hmm, let's wait until all the evidence comes out. Now, you got this guy who did the same thing, but yet, I, I assure you, Al Sharpton would still say, well, it didn't justify his death. Police need to be held accountable. I watched one of his interviews from about a month ago. Police need to be held accountable for their actions. They don't have any accountability, so they just get away with killing people. Well, no, that is not true, because again, police just don't go walking down the street and randomly shooting black guys. Nope, that doesn't happen. It happens in Chicago, it's called a drive-by, but it's not done by police. It happens in every major city, but it's not done by police, it's done by gangs. So that does happen, just not by police, and definitely not by white police officers. So, it's not like police are getting away with murder. Police are doing their jobs. And these officers that were fighting with Alton Sterling, and when this does go to trial, if it does go to trial, and when they bring out these prior arrests and they bring out this police report of him resisting arrest and being found with a gun and fighting the officer and the officer saying he was in fear for his life, then, hmm, what do you think is going to happen? And I know, I know, I know, I know. There are some people that are going to ask, well, why didn't they just shoot him then if it was the same situation? Well, it's simple because the gun fell out of his pocket. And at the same time, the officer was wrestling with Alton. He didn't want to get off of him to try to go retrieve that gun, because guess what? When he loses control of the suspect, that threat is even higher, because let's just say the suspect is able to overpower the officer and push him out of the way, get the gun, shoot him, and then what? So for all of those that were going to ask that question, well, if it was the same, why didn't they shoot him then? That's why, because at that exact moment, if the gun is out of his pocket, you're still trying to place him into custody. And let's be clear, custody, handcuffs, not I'm on your back, not I have your arm and I'm holding it, not that I have you in an ankle lock, handcuffed. That is physical custody. You can look it up by definition. You can ask any officer on the street. And for the idiot from the Black Lives Matter movement that I was on a panel on, you can ask any security guard because he told me he was trained in security and he knew what de-escalation meant. Yeah, really de-escalating in malls. But anyway. You can ask anybody what physical security is, physically detained. They're going to tell you it's handcuffs. It's not, I'm on your back. It's not, oh, 
the gun fell out, so I'm good. I'm not in danger. Nope. Until I have the handcuffs on you, and then I clear that weapon, because I've seen people shoot while handcuffed. Until I have handcuffs on you, and I've cleared that weapon, and it is no longer a threat, meaning there's no bullets in it, there's not a magazine in it, there's not a bullet in the chamber, then, then, I can say, okay, I'm safe. But until then, I'm not safe. So, we got marches, we got all of this for a guy who's done this before. And then you got the president finally, finally coming out and saying in his letter to law enforcement that we have your back. We have your back. But do you really have their back? Because just before this, let's rewind two or three weeks, you were condemning police. Let's rewind to the Dallas Memorial of those officers. You were telling America that they need to feel the pain of Alton Sterling's family. But I just told you how in 2009, Alton Sterling was still acting like a criminal. He was fighting with police. So now, Mr. President, you tell police, we have your back. In my best Obama voice, every day you confront danger so it does not find our families. Carry burdens so they, so they do not fall to us and courageously meet test after test to keep us safe. Well, duh. That's what we do. That's what police have always done. I've spent a lot of time with law enforcement over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Sure you have. Some are trying to use this moment to divide police and the communities you serve. I reject those efforts, for they do not reflect the reality of our nation. Well, yes they do, Mr. President, because you've brought that reality to our nation. You, Loretta Lynch... Al Sharpton, all of these people in your circle who just constantly bash, bash, and bash police like you were doing just a few days before Dallas. You were bashing and bashing and bashing police. And this letter to me really means nothing because, again, you are the same president who at the funeral of five dead officers wanted to go on your racial divide speech. You wanted to talk about racial disparity and Jim Crow laws. So, in your statement of some are trying to use this moment to divide police and communities, I would put you in that bunch of the sum. Because you wanted America to hear Alton Sterling's family's pain. Why? I want America to hear the pain of those five Dallas officers who never in their life got arrested for resisting arrest, carrying marijuana, statutory rape of a child, burglary. Those were the guys that went out and found the burglars and the child rapist. I want to hear the pain of the families of the officers in Baton Rouge who just had a baby, who served this country in the military, 
That's the pain I want America to hear. I don't know what America you are talking about, Mr. President, but I don't want an America to hear how Alton Sterling and all of his glory was, let's be honest, was nothing but a thug who had no respect for police, who made that perfectly clear every time he dealt with them. Let's hear the pain of these five Dallas officers who had just gotten married, who served three tours in Iraq, who kissed his daughter before he left, and she even said the kiss was different. Let's hear the Baton Rouge officer who had a three-month-old son, and the one thing he wanted to do more than being a police officer was to be a dad. As we bind up our wounds, we must come together to ensure that those who try to divide us do not succeed. Hmm. Those that try to divide us do not succeed. Well, you are the president who had the head of the Black Lives Matter movement at the White House. And those are the ones that are trying to divide us because those are the ones that say all police are bad. All police are bad. And it's funny, they don't even discriminate black and white police. All police are bad. If you don't believe me, look at the Freddie Gray case. Three of those officers were black. But they were all lumped into bad officers. So those are the ones trying to divide this country. So, you're saying that you don't accept it, Mr. President, but your actions over the last eight years has said otherwise. So this letter that you wrote after countless officers have died in the wake of your destruction means nothing to a lot of people. I assure you that. This letter is about eight years too late, to be quite honest with you, because police were dying at the hands of Alton Sterling's Michael Browns, Tamir Rice, Eric Gardner, a long time ago, long before this Black Lives Matter movement, police officers were dying. Black ones, I read you a part of the letter. This NFL star, his mother who didn't even get to see his NFL career, was taken out because she was a black police officer. Randolph Holder in New York City taken out by a black suspect because he was a police officer. I can't tell you how many times I've had to fight a black suspect. I thank God that I was not killed because I was a police officer. So, the Black Lives Matter movement and all their racial black matters and black is best and black is oppressed it's only convenient when it fits their agenda it's only convenient if it goes with what they're saying but it doesn't always go with what they're saying because you can't have black officers getting killed preach black lives matter and not speak to the fact that a black officer was killed.
You can't preach Black Lives Matter to this little three-month-old when his dad in Baton Rouge was killed by a black officer. You can't speak that to Warwick Dunn, who wrote a letter to the city of Baton Rouge about his black mother being killed by a black man. So, who can you preach this rhetoric to? I know who you can preach it to. To those who don't have a mind for themselves. And why do you say that, Vince? Well, it's simple. Oh, let's watch this video of Alton Sterling, this whole 28-second video. Oh, look what they did to that black man. Black Lives Matter. That's right, Black Lives Matter. We need to go protest. We need to do this. We need to do this. Instead of sitting back and waiting and saying, hmm, maybe there's a reason he was fighting with those officers. Uh-oh, look what happened in 2009. He was fighting with police officers. So it's easy to preach that to people who don't have a mind for themselves. You know, I think back to one of the biggest genocide episodes ever in history. Jim Jones, back in the 70s. And yeah, I'm kind of telling my age. But anyway, back in the 70s, Jim Jones took these people, took them to another country. He was God. They thought he was God. He was going to lead them to the promised land. Oh, drink the Kool-Aid. Everyone died. Because no one had a mind of their own to say, Nah, this isn't right. This isn't the God I know. The God I know wouldn't ask me to do this. And that's what I like in the Black Lives Matter movement too. No one has a mind of their own. Oh, we're going to go stand in the street. Interstate 75 in 100 degree weather. Okay, let's do it. Oh, we're going to go march here and throw bottles at police. Okay, let's do it. Oh, we're going to go do this. Okay, let's do it. So, what you're doing basically is killing yourselves. Not killing yourself in the physical way. You're killing your ability. Your ability to think for yourself. Is it okay to follow a certain movement? Absolutely. I would never tell anyone in this country not to follow something that they believe in. But with that belief, you have to be able to understand what you're believing in. Oh, black lives matter. Well, more white people were killed by police than black people. Oh, it doesn't matter. Black lives matter. Well, more Hispanics were killed by police then black people, oh, it doesn't matter. Black lives matter. You're not even understanding what your agenda is, what your mission is. What is your mission? To get police to stop killing people? Well, here's an idea. I'm just going to throw that out there. Why don't we get people in the black community to stop posing a threat to police? Well, Vince, what do you mean? Well, let's look at Alton Sterling. He had a gun. He was known to fight with police. Let's look at the guy in Minnesota. At the end of the day, he had a gun. You can hear the officer in the video saying, I told him not to reach. I told him not to reach. It's that simple. If we don't want to get killed by police, don't do stuff that might get you killed. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If I don't want to break my legs... 
I'm not jumping out of a 10 story window. I'm just saying it's simple. And for the record, while everyone's marching and protesting and everything about two people who had guns with police, let's look at numbers. 69. 69, and I ain't talking about the freaky stuff. 69 police officers killed in 2016. 32. 3 2 by gunfire. 32 out of 69 police were killed by gunfire. And I'm sure somewhere in that 69, some of those officers were black. So, black lives matter, blue lives matter, human life matters. The difference is, when you do something that can make a law enforcement officer think that they are in danger of their lives, they're going to act upon it. So you can go back, you can go talk to the president, you can go talk to Al Sharpton, you can go talk to Louis Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, your mama, I don't care who you talk to. When you go back and say, oh, his black lives should have mattered, before you do that, because it backfired on you with Alton Sterling, before you do that, go ask yourself, what did this individual do to cause this officer to have to use deadly force? Don't sip the Kool-Aid, the Jim Jones Kool-Aid, and get trapped into that, oh, Black Lives Matter, police are bad. Don't sip the Kool-Aid. Go find out for yourself. Go make you some lemonade and find out what really happened before you judge, before you march, before you demand someone goes to prison for murder and all this other crap that we hear on a daily basis. Now, last week, I forgot, I mentioned it, but I forgot to do it. I want to give you the site, the link to my GoFundMe page. Go check it out. Read it for yourself. If it's something you believe in, I ask your donations. If not, just pass it along to someone who may donate. I think it is a great cause. You'll think it's a great cause. It really needs to be done because, remember, there's plenty of people getting thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to go to different places just to protest, just to disrupt. We need someone there to give a voice back to the police, to actually talk, to actually talk about what's really going on, and giving a voice to police. That's what it's all about. But it's www.gofundme.com forward slash 2ddavid3598 Mike King. That's www.gofundme.com forward slash 2, D as in David, 3598, M as in Mike, K as in King. Go check it out. I appreciate your donations. Let's get the word out. Now, unfortunately, it's time for roll call before I get out of here. And there's two names that I have to add. Of course, Captain Robert David Milton, who was killed in Kansas City back on July 19th, ambush style. Police got a call about individuals shooting at another individual. Uh, when he gave chase, he was shot and killed. And again, this goes back to this whole mentality of police are the enemy. And now 
people just think it's okay to kill police. It's tragic. I also want to add Sergeant Craig Hutchinson, Travis County Sheriff's Office, who was actually shot and killed in his backyard on yesterday, July 25th. He called in on his police radio that he heard people in his backyard possibly going through his shed. When he approached, they shot and killed him. And just minutes later, his fellow officers found his dead body in his backyard. He survived by his wife and kids. It's tragic. He goes out every day, 30 plus years, going out every day on the street to protect and serve and killed in his own backyard because some knucklehead decided they were going to burglarize his shed to try to get what he wanted. Get a job. Don't steal other people's stuff. Don't kill people because they confront you about taking their stuff. Now this 30 plus year veteran of the Travis County Sheriff's Office in Texas, just outside of Austin, is dead because of some knucklehead that decided it was easier to steal than to go work for what they had. Hey, I want to thank you for listening tonight. Beyond the Badge on RadioInfluence.com. Catch it on iTunes immediately after the show. I will see you next week. I love you. I appreciate you. And thank you. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you the best in digital media broadcasting. We've got something for everybody. National sports radio talents such as the fabulous sports babe and Rich Herrera. Huge podcasts like the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. And the MMA Insiders with Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan. New shows like Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill. Entertainment shows like LOL with Nancy Alexander. And shows that'll make you think like Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. We've got you covered. You can find all our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.